Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy, dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. Consider this. Your diamond ring, bridal set, or other diamond jewelry can be a hidden financial asset that helps you with that fresh start. But selling jewelry can be a nightmare. Worthy offers an easy, headache-free solution by partnering with you to help you sell your jewelry and get the best deal on your piece. Our quick and easy process means less work for you and more money when you sell, all done from the comfort of your home. Visit worthy.com to learn more. As an intro for this episode, I thought I would share that I get a lot of pitches from potential guests for the show, and we put a lot of thought into covering different topics, making sure there's a variety, and making sure each episode is one that we truly think will appeal to our listeners. So when I got a pitch for a show about celebrity divorces, I was leaning heavily towards pushing the delete button. I'll be the first to admit I'm not a fan of celebrity culture. So my first thought was given the social media coverage and supermarket magazine headlines, it's probably about the things you don't want to do in your own divorce. But then as I was thinking about it more, I did become less cynical and I started to see how celebrities sharing more about their divorces might not just be about publicity for them, but it may help them normalize many different experiences. And it helps people like you and me to know that we're not the only people dealing with these challenges. So for this conversation, we need someone who's familiar with celebrity divorces. And I'm happy to introduce to you my guest today, who's California-based family law divorce attorney, Patrick Bagdashirian. Welcome, Patrick. Thank you so much for having me, Mandy. I really appreciate it. And this is a subject matter that obviously is near and dear to my heart. I've been a family law practitioner for almost 16 years, and I've seen it all. And it's kind of, <laughs> needless to say, uh, it's a very interesting area of law. It's a very exciting area of law, especially, especially being in Los Angeles, you're exposed to a wide range of people from all walks of life. Yeah. And, and yeah, we do occasionally get the celebrity, whether it's the actor, actress, musician, or athlete. So We've been exposed to everything, and I think we're very lucky in Los Angeles as family law practitioners where we see the whole gambit of people from all walks of life. So it's it's an interesting and very exciting area of law. I'm sure you do see it. And I, I know I, just in my little microcosm of my mediation practice, I have a huge range of clients or just like their experiences differ so, so much from each one as individual. For this conversation, I was going to like kick off and just say, what would be your number one takeaway from celebrity divorces that the rest of us could learn from? I think, you know, obviously we all hear about the one or two really sensational divorces that are like heavily litigated, you know, hitting the math, so to speak, and really going for the jugular. But that's not the norm. And I think that's what people don't really realize because they see the headlines, they see the Angelina Jolie, the divorce, and they go, oh my God, every every celebrity divorce must be like this. And quite often, it's the exact opposite. And I've done uh, several, several divorce cases involving very high net worth individuals who are in the entertainment industry, either in front of the camera or behind the camera, that never even sees a single day in court. 
because it's to their benefit to try to resolve the matter informally. A, they save money from the perspective of attorney's fees and forensic accounting costs. Number two, they eliminate the real emotional impact because at the end of the day, no matter whether you're a celebrity, a high net worth individual, or just a regular Joe, the uh, divorce really can impact you psychologically and emotionally. So it eliminates that aspect. And number three, not all press is good press. You know, sometimes if you're a, if you're a high-end executive and you don't want your dirty laundry aired in public, you don't want people discussing your tax returns. You don't want people discussing whether or not these deductions you're claiming are appropriate because at the end of the day, these divorces in Los Angeles County and in all of California, it's public knowledge. It's public. The documents are public. So if anybody wanted to really get dirt on you or wanted to find out the inner workings of your finances, they could very easily pull the information. So it's to their benefit to resolve it informally for a myriad of reasons. And quite often they do. What I have done in, in so many of my high net worths and celebrity cases is after doing the initial disclosure, the initial legwork, we immediately get the parties involved in mediation. And it's not binding, obviously, it's a voluntary mediation, but it is beneficial for several factors. A, it could streamline matters. At least you know what you're fighting over, so to speak. And number two, quite often it resolves certain issues that are just not something that either party wants to litigate or fight over. And sometimes it just ends up in resolving the whole matter. So you never actually end up going to court. And that's what people don't really understand with celebrities, high net worth individuals. Other than the outlier cases that are splashed all over tabloids and TMZ yeah. and E! Online, you don't even know that these individuals get divorced until the divorce is already done. Right. Look and at Tom. You, yeah. And you just, yeah. just see the the headline or somebody like a, there's another article about something that just says, well, I'm divorced in the prior year. And it's like, yeah. wow, I don't remember reading anything about them getting divorced. Exactly. Yeah. Like I the examples would be Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen. Yeah. You know, uh, we didn't even know about their divorce until it was already signed, sealed, and delivered. And then right. they made a public announcement. Same thing with Jeff Bezos and his wife. Same thing. And there's a slew of other individuals throughout LA County that I've represented who are, they're not at Jeff Bezos's level, but at the end of the day, who is? But they're very high net worth, you know, states between 50 to $100 million. And they have things to fight over, but they don't fight over it in court because they realize the end result is even if you end up getting a few extra dollars here or there, it's not worth it. It's best to resolve it informally. That's why I'm always an advocate for mediation in all types of divorce cases, whether it's a high net worth individual celebrity or you know just a common blue collar individual. Right. Well, I'm really encouraged to hear you say that because you know, like in my little world, it's often we're looking at, you know, what is the dollar amount that we're really talking about here? How much do you want yeah. to spend in legal fees? And right. it's interesting that the the mindset of celebrities is 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 just the same too, that it's just because they have the money and they could spend it doesn't mean to say that they want to. Yeah. And the thing is, the reality is, I mean, you rather keep the money in your own pocket, in your family's pocket, right? Yeah. As as because these things can get extremely expensive extremely expensive, you know, and at the end of the day, that's just the monetary impact. I mean, I don't want to not really kind of ignore the emotional and psychological impact. That, in my opinion, is tenfold, much worse than the long-term effects of having to go into court, testify against your former spouse, talk about sensitive topics such as child custody and visitation issues. This is not an easy subject matter. And the impact is like a ripple effect. 
you know, it's like throwing a stone in a pond. You know, it's not just the initial splash, it's the ripple effects that it has throughout the pond. And I think celebrities and high net worth individuals, for the most part, not all of them, realize that it's to their benefit to resolve it informally. Now, that being said, do I litigate in court? Yes, I yes. do. Are, are a good portion of my cases litigated? Yes, they are. And why is that? Because it takes two to tango, right? And if one person is not dancing, you're not going to get far with the tango, right? And so sometimes you have that situation where the individual needs prodding and needs to understand. They need to have their come to Jesus moment, as so to speak. <laughs> and uh, we help guide them. I'm, I'm talking about the other side, right? So we're helping them guide them, realizing that this is a path that is not in their best interest. And frankly, sometimes, you know, they don't change their position. And then that's when we end up having to go to court. You know, I, I like to encourage clients and listeners to treat the soon-to-be ex with respect throughout the whole process. And I think that that's what you're, you're saying with the opportunity to go to mediation. And especially if they're going to be co-parenting, I was saying one of my celebrity lessons this is my, was Jason Sudeikis, the actor from Ted Lasso, which happens to be one of my favorite yeah. shows. The process server for him served legal papers to his wife, Olivia Wilde, while she was actually on stage at CinemaCon convention, very, very public. And that to me just seemed like a, a whole publicity stunt and completely unnecessary. And to be to be fair, I think that Jason did later come out with a statement or his spokesperson said that they didn't know that the process server was going to do that. But that to me is like, you know, when you do something like that, that sets a tone for moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the underlying facts. I, I don't know if maybe Olivia's uh, representatives were not accepting service via email, or because yeah. quite often when I have cases like this, I've had, I've only had one celebrity client uh, opposing party who, who dodged service. So we actually this is years ago. We had to actually have him serve at his concert in El Paso, Texas, and he he was performing in front of like twenty, thirty thousand people, and I had to hire the local sheriff's department to serve him. But other than that, and I think one other time we served somebody at Michael Jackson's funeral. But beyond those issues, most of the time when we reach out to the celebrity, whether it's their agent, their business manager, their their entertainment lawyer, they understand that, hey, this is pointless to run away from this and we'll accept service. You can send it to us via email. We'll have a notice, acknowledgement, sign, and we'll send it over. I'd be very surprised about if, Jason's team or his lawyers didn't know that the process server was going to effectuate service. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'd be very surprised. Maybe Jason didn't know about it, but I'm sure his lawyers did. Right. Wow. So, Patrick, we're going to take a short break here, but I have lots more questions for you. Listeners, my guest today is California-based family law and divorce attorney Patrick Bagdashirian. You're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, and we'll be right back do stay tuned for more tips from Patrick on what we can learn from celebrity divorces. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your ring from a symbol of the past to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything, from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, visit worthy.com. We're ready when you are. 
Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker, and in this episode, we're talking about celebrity divorces and what we can learn from them. My guest today is California-based family law divorce attorney, Patrick Bagdasherian. Patrick, before we jump back to my questions, divorce attorneys often get a bad rap. And a lot of people say they don't want anything to do with attorney, divorce attorneys. They're only out for the money. So I wanted to ask you if you would share with our listeners what it is about being a divorce attorney that you love. What makes you passionate about this work? Advocacy and protecting the ones that need protection. And I think that's the most important thing to me. I'm all for resolving matters informally. I'm all for never seeing the inside of a courtroom in any of my cases. But at the end of the day, when people come to me, because I, I you know, tend to practice very a unique style, not a unique, but a, a certain style of an approach to cases. And my approach can be at, at times aggressive. And it's usually aggressive because the client needs that sort of representation. Usually they're the outspouse. Usually they're the individual who's being kept away from the information necessary to properly divide their community property estate or somebody who's being duped into something that is not in their best interest. And what really gets me uh, going is protecting these sort of individuals and advocating for them and pursuing justice for them. Because, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the states are supposed to be divided 50-50, right? Community property estates in California because we're a community property state. But determining what that is is very difficult in certain situations, especially when you have yeah when you have the other spouse who won't share information or is hiding the ball. So that's what really gets me going. And 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 as far as family law, family law is a very melting pot area of law. That's what's also very interesting about the practice. You have to have an understanding of several different uh, areas all at once. You know, you have to have an understanding of, of civil discovery as if it's a civil litigation case. You have to have an understanding of the family code. You have to have understanding to a certain degree of psychological issues, child abuse issues, domestic violence issues. So you wear a lot of hats in family law, and that's what makes it really interesting. This is not, you know, you're not a dog bite lawyer, you know, that's doing right. one type of ca- case over and over again. There's almost ne- never the same type of case twice. You know, it's always unique. It always has the human factor, which you know, is ever changing. Again, this is not like a PI case where you have one situation, one accident that happened. Here, you can have a divorce case drag on for a year or two, and the facts could be completely different at the end of year two than they were at year one. Right. So, so, so it's fascinating it's, work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, wow. And I bet you're a um, really good advocate for your clients. So, back to our celebrity divorces here. You mentioned earlier about Angelique Jolie and Brad Pitt's divorce. I remember seeing that and seeing too at the time that Brad Pitt was doing supervised visitation. And I thought, well, you know, that when I was rethinking this episode, I thought, well, you know, that's actually interesting when a celebrity comes out and will admit to doing supervised visitation, because I think that that's a really difficult topic for a lot of people, a very emotional topic. It's usually associated with somebody who's, or one of the reasons people have supervised visitation is going through some sort of treatment program. And I thought, well, maybe that is good that somebody like Brad Pitt is shining a spotlight on that. Yeah, it it happens more often than people realize because anytime, almost anytime you have a situation where there's a substance abuse problem, whether it's alcohol, drug abuse, 
or allegations of domestic violence, the courts initially, at the ver- at least in the beginning, are uh, always, always are on the side of caution and always want to make the paramount concern is always the safety of the child and the well-being, okay? The welfare of the child, meaning both physical and psychological and emotional. So I think the courts, in my opinion, especially in LA County, are always falling on the side of caution and saying, hey, let's let the dust clear for a second. Let's see what's going on with these allegations of substance abuse, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, and domestic violence issues. And let's ensure that the children are safe, number one. Number two, and that the interactions within with the parent that's being monitored and the children are appropriate. And this is not a death sentence by any stretch of the imagination. I've had clients who you know, were accused of very serious abuse issues that we contended were not true and had to exercise monitored visitations for about two to three months. Well, guess what? Those monitored visitations were reported, completely documented by the monitor, and it helped us actually achieve 50-50 custody because it demonstrated that my client was not only acting appropriately with the children, he had a very strong bond with the children, and it was uh, and the children loved them, and he loved the children, and that it was in the best interest of the children to spend as much time for them with them as possible. So sometimes it, it actually, I, I think, right. when there's a- allegations, it actually helps the protective parent. And and as you said, it really is intended as a temporary arrangement. And especially in the early days, it's temporary. So the, the court has time to ask for evaluations and research to be able to to really verify the position that's being made. Absolutely. Because people, you know, the one thing I can tell you in practicing family law for most 16 years, men lie, women lie, they all lie. <laughs> Okay. It's, I almost, I almost think about, you know, what uh, Floyd May, the famed and notorious boxer Floyd Mayweather once said, who was also, I, I believe, a convicted uh, perpetrator of domestic violence. But putting that aside, he had a very interesting quote. He once said, Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. And the reality is, I could almost attest that that's 100% true. I, it doesn't matter. The gender does not matter. Right. Okay. People, individuals going through a divorce, a custody battle will, will make, the most ridiculous misrepresentation if they think that it's going to help them in the long run. I've had the most horrific allegations made against clients of mine that were eventually proven 100% to be not true by way of, you know, just putting the individual on cross-examination and, and impeaching them. But when you step back, you go, oh my God, why would anybody make that lie, that misrepresentation? But they do it because they believe that it's going to give them an upper hand in the litigation. And quite often, it backfires. In the moment, they don't realize that. But yeah, you got to so be very is, careful. Is there another lesson there from celebrity divorces that you would share with our listeners? Something about like maybe being measured and truthful or listening I to think, lawyers' advice? I think with most celebrities, they realize that because they, they're more self-conscious of their image and how people perceive them. And I think, you know, a normal individual who is not in the spotlight maybe doesn't understand that and and thinks that, hey, it doesn't matter if I lie or if I misrepresent, how are they going to prove otherwise? And not realizing, hey, your image, your your reputation means a lot. And I think that's what celebrities and high net worth individuals truly understand. Your reputation means a lot in the business world and the entertainment world. It's the same thing when you go inside of a courtroom. In California, we don't have juries for family law matters. Your judicial officer is the judge, jury, and executioner. And if you are making misrepresentations about important, serious issues, they are going to remember that. 
And when it comes to a discretionary ruling that could go either way, don't be surprised if it goes against you. Because they look at the whole picture then. It, exactly. It, it colors the picture. Exactly. Exactly. Right. You know, so I think you need to be self-conscious. You need to understand you're under a microscope and, and when you're going through a divorce and, and celebrities understand that because they live in a, it's almost like they're always under a microscope, right? When they're, you go out in public, you're always under a microscope. You should feel like to a certain degree when you're in the midst of a, especially if it's a contested divorce, you are under a microscope, act appropriately, don't misrepresent, don't lie in court because people remember that and your reputation matters. And I think that's a really good point about how we don't generally appreciate what it's like to be living in the spotlight and having other people watching us all the time. Exactly. But it would be a good a good reminder. Another positive example I had, and it goes back a little while, um, Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin starting off with con- conscious uncoupling, which is quite a phrase or an accepted phrase now. I think that that approach to co-parenting was very new at the time, or it certainly was not the way that media portrayed it, which as we talked about earlier is often the media seems to like to latch on to the high conflict model and give less publicity to these more peaceful cooperative ways of Yeah. I mean are you are you surprised? You know, think about what's on TV, you know, which real housewife is popular, the one that does the most crazy thing on television, right? The one that's the most outrageous. Same thing with divorces, which divorce is going to get the most publicity. You're right. They don't talk about, you know, the uh, the proper informal resolution, being the adults in the room and resolving matters informally for the best interest of the children. It's my understanding they had at least one child, if not two, right? Right. Chris Martin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think one of their the child's name was Apple, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, you know, Apple, when he, he or she gets older, I'm not sure uh, the gender yeah. of the child, when they get older, Apple gets older, he or she is going to really, really appreciate what the parents did because they resolved the matter informally and they, you know, they didn't care about slugging it out inside of a courtroom. They didn't care about mudslinging in the media. I'm sure they had disputes. I'm sure they didn't agree on a lot of things, but we didn't hear about it because it didn't move the needle. It wasn't positive. You know, at the end of the day, don't think just because you're avoiding court and you're resolving the matter, you don't have disputes. If you if you didn't have disputes and serious ones, you probably wouldn't be getting a divorce in the first place, right? <laughs> right? I mean, right. if yes. I mean, I don't I don't I don't want to sugarcoat this and make it seem like, oh, hunky dory, everything is great. You can work, you know, the whole point of you getting separated, whether it's a paternity matter or a divorce, is because there's major issues you don't gr- agree on, right? And, and those that, are really difficult conversations to have. It, exactly. But realizing that and recognizing that fact is important because then you got to go, okay, even though we don't agree on major issues like this, and as a result, we're re- splitting up, it shouldn't impact, prospectively speaking, how we're going to interact with each other, especially when you're sharing a child. That's a very important issue right. that people need to be cognizant of. Don't right. th- yeah, I agree. It's not a. It's not a. It's not going to be hunky dory. You're not going to agree on everything. The things you're going to say, things that maybe you regret, things that they do is going to get under your nerves. But don't let it cloud your judgment and don't let it impact you negatively moving forward. Because at the end of the day, those little things add up, and they they become a snowball effect, and it really can negatively impact not only your own mental and psychological well-being, but that of your child, which is the most important thing. Right. Patrick, what's your favorite 
celebrity divorce lesson you could share with us? I mean, I think the most, I mean, the most important thing to share with individuals is to be cognizant of how they're perceived, both inside of a courtroom and outside. Act like anything wrong you do or anything inappropriate could be splattered all over TMZ. And guess what? You won't do it. You know, there's an old, old saying is, don't put anything in writing you, you don't want your mom to read, right? I mean, that's that's the old, I think that's what we used to say when I, I first started practicing law years ago. But I think now I think it's more appropriate to say, don't put, you know, anything in writing you wouldn't want to see, you know, in a meme or or you wouldn't want to see on TMZ, right? So, so, you yeah, know? so that means not on TikTok and not on Instagram and not on yeah. Facebook. And- yeah, act appropriately and act like your image matters because at the end of the day, your image does matter in family court and your conduct does matter. It, it has consequences, especially in California, when you have one judicial officer making decisions. And that's what I think people who they, they think they can just get away with things that are going to negatively impact them moving forward. And guess what? Even if the judicial officer changes, you don't think the new judicial officer has access yeah. to the prior judicial officer's yes. notes and information outlined in the file? Of course they do. Or maybe they've even talked. You never know. You never know. You got to be really, that's what I mean. Act like a celebrity. Act like your image matters, especially when you step inside of a courtroom. All right. Patrick, we're up on time now. So I really want to thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time, Mandy. And have a good weekend. You too. All right. Take care. Listeners, my guest today was California-based family law and divorce attorney, Patrick Bagdashirian. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to help you get the best deal possible on your diamond jewelry. Visit worthy.com to learn more and get started. If you have questions about an episode, compliments you'd like to share, or would like to be a guest, please email us at podcast at worthy.com. Follow the podcast at We Are So Worthy on Instagram or see our Facebook page, Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, for information about the show. Please see our show notes at worthy.com forward slash podcast for resources and more information about today's episode and guest. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. You can learn more about me at mandywalker.com. Huge thank yous to Worthy's production team. Listen, follow, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Our next episode will be live in two weeks, so stay tuned. Stay tuned.